Good morning. Welcome to the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I am Rob G. Today is October 31st, Halloween, 2018. It's a Wednesday and it's uh, 34 degrees. Beautiful, beautiful Halloween day here in the tri-state area. I just got into my commute into the box and I'm only five minutes from my house so I'm not in the mountains per se, but I'm just looking at the trees going up the Palisades Parkway here, and they're, they're unbelievable. They're really starting to change quickly now. It's yellows and reds and oranges, and uh, still plenty of green. But oh man, if you've never seen this site, you should make a trip up to the upstate New York area just to see these leaves change. You've never seen anything so amazing. But anyway. You can find me across the web, Rob G. You can find me at uh, on Twitter and Instagram at AuthenticRobG. Head on over to YouTube and check out my channel Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, with Rob G. And I got lots of great video content there talking about business ownership, my, uh, my journey in having a 9-to-5 job as well as building a company outside of that. I talk about specific tactics you can take to be more productive, uh, to be better in business ownership and to be better at what you do and uh, sprinkle some uh, maybe a little design and branding on you over there as well. Here on the Authentic Rob G Podcast though, you get a little bit of that and you get a little bit of me as I tell some stories, talk about some of my life experiences, give you a little bit of illustration to make my point and today's topic is called slow down to speed up now what the heck does that mean I know there's been in the past I have typically just jumped into jobs and you know have you ever done this you you're excited about a job and sometimes you're excited to to get a job and when I say I don't mean a job I don't mean a an employee, I mean a project, I mean in your business or if you're a freelancer, you get a project to work on, somebody hires you, okay, and you get a project and you're so excited, you tell them to send you all the materials or the assets, the text, the images, we're talking about design here, if you don't know, Authentic Rob G Podcast about branding and design, business and life. But I used to ask them to send me the assets and ask some questions. They would, they would, I would let them talk for a few minutes about uh, how they feel the project should, should uh, start and what they're looking to achieve. And I would ask some questions up front, get the assets, and jump right in. Be so excited. I would jump right in. And as a designer, I'm going to design them something really nice, something really cool. And too, many, too often, even though I was happy with the design, my first iteration, I would be like, this is a good design. And the client, who wouldn't deny that it was a good design, but it wasn't good for them. It wasn't according to their style. It wasn't, it wasn't along the lines of their expectations and how they wanted it to be communicated. And I used to get all indignant like you don't know good design I'm a designer what do you I wouldn't say that to them 
that. I don't. I wouldn't be rude, but I would just be quietly indignant to myself. Like, what do they know? And then redesign it in a huff. You know, just very immature designer that way is the way I used to be. And not only that, it wasn't just a, uh, I guess, an emotional thing for me to get ticked off when they didn't when they rejected my design. But it wasted a lot of time and made me less profitable. Now, I'm probably not your typical designer because I'm I consider myself at least as much if not more a business owner. I'm not just in business because I like design. I love design. I love branding. I love it. I love building websites and designing logos. I love doing it. But I want to make money, you know? I got bills. I got to pay. So I work, work, work every day. Right? You too. So there's nothing wrong with making money. If you're a creative person, sometimes we feel guilty because we're doing what we love and then we're asking people to pay us to to do what we love anyway. So there's sometimes some designers I felt this way in the past. You feel guilty for charging for something you love to do. And we're not... Generally speaking, as a group, creatives are not good business people. But listen, it's just a skill. Business ownership is a skill you learn. It's a set of skills you learn. And contrary to the way I used to think, I used to think that there was one way to do business because I knew nothing about business. And so I thought it proceeded in a very particular linear fashion and was very laid out and I didn't know what it was so I didn't partake but that's not true I'm sure you know that I'm sure you guys are much smarter than I was I was very clueless that there's not only one way to do business there's many ways to do business I do business a certain way and some people their eyebrows go up when they hear some of my policies and maybe some other time on another podcast I'll talk about some of my particular policies because I want to run my business the way I want to run it. I'm in control of it. I own it. And that's, that's one of the best parts. It's that freedom of ownership to be able to call the shots and run it the way I want. But anyway, getting off topic a little bit. Sometimes I do that. But back on topic to when I used to jump right into the project and I have to redo it. And get ticked off and become less profitable by spending more time doing another a, a complete revision. And then, you know, the client is a little bit like, they're a little bit bummed because they're thinking, oh, I hired this guy because, you know, I was confident in his abilities and he didn't give me anything to what I expected. And that's wrong. And that's that was me, the selfish designer back when. I'm working on this project right now. It's a, it's a small project. It's not big. It's not going to take a long time. It is profitable because I priced it that way. I don't necessarily believe in, you know, small projects are no good. If they're profitable, they're profitable. I mean, what's the difference? Don't you want to be profitable? So it is. And I have to force myself to slow down in the beginning. And what that means is I've had uh, a full conversation about the project. I asked the client to explain it to me. And then I I reiterated back to her 
what I believe she said. In other words, sometimes what is said is not always what is heard or understood. And that's on you as the vendor, as the creative, to make sure that you understand what they're talking about because typically clients aren't great communicators. They not that's not their thing. Their business is their thing, whatever that thing is. And if they're not in the communication business or look, I know marketers. I know marketers who are bad communicators. That's it's unbelievable to me. Marketing is communication. And I know marketers who are bad at it and can't get across what they want or don't give a full picture. You'd think they'd be able to. Or use improper wording to describe what they want instead of being more precise with their words and choosing their words wisely. But it's, it's not on the client to communicate properly. It would be great. Imagine that. Imagine a world where everybody said what they meant and meant what they said and you completely understood them the first time around. Yeah, and, and little little birdies are going to come around and, and drop flowers on you and music is going to play and angels are going to sing and, you know, that would be heaven, right? <laughs> but that that ain't happening. So the onus is on you, the creative, to make sure that you ask proper questions that you ask clarifying questions, never assume anything. Even though a client may say something, you have to repeat it back to them to make sure you that that you understand what they meant to say. That is a big one. Have you ever heard somebody say that to you? Well, what I meant was, and you're thinking, well, why didn't you just say what you meant? Well, no, again, unfortunately, it's on you because you're the one executing, you're the one delivering. This is what you get paid to do, and this is why you get to charge a higher amount. And if you're not charging a higher amount, you deserve to, but you also have to serve the client in a way that fills their needs. And part of that is communicating in a way, asking clarifying questions, making sure you lead them along the process. And your process is going to be integral into you being uh, a professional who can deliver proper results, hit the target, and you know, I don't want to say a short period of time, but an appropriate amount of time. So my conversation with, with this new client, it was a, a good conversation in the beginning. I asked cl- clarifying questions. I asked any question that popped into my head that I thought might, even if I didn't think it was totally pertinent to the job, Sometimes asking a question that you don't think is relevant becomes relevant because you find out, hey, that's not, definitely not what they're thinking. So sometimes it's not a a question that directly um, affects the job, but maybe indirectly tells you that, no, that's, that's not part of it. That's not what they're saying. So just ask plenty of questions. The, the point is you actually want to create a dialogue. You want a conversation. It's not an interrogation. It's an exchange of information that is relevant. And then after that, you know, I put together a scope, an initial scope. And I don't know how many creatives do this. But I started doing this because for me, 
I needed to make sure that I understood what is expected and what we talked about. So I won't even provide a fee. Although, here's a little side note. Always, always, always on the initial conversation, after the question, I have a job, will you, would you take it on or how much do you charge? Right up front, even if they don't bring it up, I bring it up. I always bring up money sooner than later and usually I'm the first to bring it up because right off the bat I'll say, look, I'm, I'm pretty expensive. I'm not sure if you'll fit into the budget. I'm not sure if you, uh, no, I actually don't say that. I say, I'm pretty expensive. I'm not sure if your budget's going to fit into my range, but my range is, and I give them a, a very high range, starting with the high number first. I anchor with the high number, and then the low number. So, for instance, if it's a website, I might say, I'm pretty expensive. Uh, I'm not sure if your budget will fit into my range, but websites will range anywhere from $10,000 down to $6,000 does your budget fit in there and wait for what they say so I'll always say it first because I want to vet them and I want to make sure that it's going to be worth my time because a lot of times and this is usually with the person who owns the business themselves if they're a, you know they're the business owner they're the small business owner they won't bring it up first a lot of times they'll just kind of let it ride and you don't want to do that you want to get it out of the way up front so I did that and the range was accepted and I said it could be on the high end depending if the scope is bigger than what we discussed and she was like, that's fine, Let, let's talk about it. So we had that conversation, I put together an initial scope, I didn't put down a fee yet, but I just wanted her to approve what I heard and perceived to understand the project to be. And th it's a good thing I did because... Da -da -da, there was somebody else who was involved in the project that she didn't mention. A, um, not a partner or anything, but somebody who was um, supplying the assets and had some of the creative input into the project to begin with. And so he weighed in <laughs> via email to clarify because she wasn't quite sure some of the more technical aspects of the project. Aha. Uh -huh. So that changed things a bit because when I realized it was actually bigger in scope, um, I was able to confidently and, you know, without, without um, being nervous about it or being afraid to approach it, said uh, this is going to be higher than the fee. We discussed more on the higher end of the range because now it's, it's more. And she said, well, that's fine. I understand. So that's good. Always, listen. Always clear communication, always transparency, always say what's on your mind. Here's a tip. Don't take business lessons from movies or TV. You understand? That's, that's fake land. And a lot of times that's for drama and that's, it's probably not the way you would run a business anyway. But here's a great way to conduct business in which you will always be on the side of um, never assuming and never getting caught in a place where something wasn't said but something was assumed and it creates a problem down the road. So if there's something on my mind, I speak it. 
and I say, hey, I'm not sure if we discuss this and it's a potential pitfall, but, you know, and whatever the question is, it could be deadline related. You know, if, if the scope gets bigger, say, how does this affect the deadline? Do you have flexibility in the deadline? I'm not afraid to say, if we need to push this back two weeks, will that still be okay with you? Because this requires more work. Say it, say it up front, and say it soon. And so the scope got bigger, and I re, you know, I, I revised the scope and presented it back and said, is this what we're talking about? And then I got approval. I got yes. I said, great. And then I issued my proposal, inserted that scope into the proposal, which includes the agreement, the fee, agreement or contract, and um, which is all the legal stuff in particulars. But So the scope is in there and the fee. And the fee was fine. It was a higher fee. And she was fine with it. And the scope and agreement were approved, signed, and deposit was given. So we started the project. And we're kind of a little just past that stage right now. They've sent over what I believe are all the assets. So several photographs, lots of text, and I believe I have everything. So what I did was I didn't assume that I had everything. And listen, some of the best client vendor relationships you'll have some of the best processes in terms of your project are to go when there is an even exchange consistently throughout the process so in other words you shouldn't go into your studio and disappear for a week and then emerge with a new iteration without having some kind of communication where you're updating them you never want them wondering hey what's going on with my project I wonder what's going on if they have to reach out to you first to say, hey, just want to see where we're at, you're, you're not serving them well. You want to make sure that you're the first to say, hey, it's been a few days, just checking in. Everything's Even if you have nothing to show, things are going well. I should have something to show to you in the next two days. I'm very excited. I'm always assuring them, letting them know I'm out there because silence is always uncomfortable and you don't want them wondering. So... I have the assets, so what did I do? Even though there's like 90% of me that's sure that I've got everything I need and I could jump into a design, I don't because there is something critically missing. But before I get to that, I want to get to the assets. And I, I, I went to my email and I just composed an email and it said, here's what I received. You know, because here's the way it goes. You don't get one email or a link to a you know a Dropbox where you can download everything in one fell swoop you know I got like six to eight emails from her and the other person the other guy that was involved in the process with photos and duplicate photos and then text and you know you got to cobble it all together and then they write some direction in one of the emails and you got to put that down and wherever you're taking notes for the project and clarify all that information and you know you, you've really got to assemble it all into a organized fashion so I did that and dashed off an email that said here's what I have here's all the photos I have and I described them and I numbered them in the text I got about four PDFs of text here's what I got am I missing anything what a great question am I missing anything 
last thing you want to do is put together a design and they're like oh no wait didn't you get the uh the couple of photos that i wanted to be part of the main image oh man now you and you gotta like toss out your design how crazy would that be having to go back just because yeah they should have or maybe you missed it maybe they they forgot to send it but you got to find that out so i dashed off that email and that was yesterday so i haven't heard back yet but also in an email i sent a separate email just to her um because and her partner because now he's involved this is not the other guy who's not the partner he's just a he had some other technical creative input but now she does have a partner and so i emailed them both and i'm asking about style i'm asking them to send me some images of things that they like in terms of design style or art or colors or things that they like maybe they see other projects like it other images that make them feel like i would like it to look kind of like this i really like this and here's something i like about this one maybe you can incorporate that i also gave a list of words just to get them thinking you know how do you how do you feel about the way this should be communicated here's some associative words which do you like better organic or digital smooth or rough mellow or upbeat vibrant or and you get the idea i just threw out some ors this or that because i want to i want to get some kind of direction of what they're feeling see communication and this is involved a lot in branding here's where my my branding influence always comes in because i believe everything is branded whether it's intentional or not because that's truth but i want to know how they are going to react to the design when they see it so i control that in the beginning by asking them what are their feelings of the way this should feel and look so i also not only did i ask for images that they like and what they feel is more in line with the project that has the same vibe and i send the associative words but i also said and by the way let's hop on a phone call to discuss this so we're going to do that we'll set up a phone call see this is what i'm talking about slowing down to speed up you know it's been a week and a half since we first talked we probably two weeks and i have not even jumped into any kind of design yet because if you do this right if you take the time in the beginning and keep it slow and uh not but controlled is a good word you're controlling the process and making sure that all the creative vibe is communicated properly you will have less design revisions and less iterations because you'll get them and that that's what it is you you've heard it you know people are like hey man you feel me hey you get me if you get the client man they love you i had that happen one time i this was a i'm going to just tell a quick little side story to illustrate this point but i was doing a website for somebody and this was a guy who he hired somebody else to do his website prior to hiring me 
And after about three months of not getting what he wanted and lots of back and forth, he just, he kept asking for something. And, you know, it's like I said before, clients don't know how to communicate what they want. That's up to you. But I'm sure he kept changing it because he's very detail-oriented, very detail-oriented, has lots of ideas. He's not a designer, but he has lots of ideas. And sometimes clients want to contribute creatively. I'll let them talk, but I know what I'm looking to achieve. And so after three months, the web designer basically said, look, I can't help you. Kept his 50% deposit for whatever work was done up to that point, which was a substantial amount of money. And he said, I can't help you. You're going to have to find somebody else. And that was it. There was never a website built. So so he became a client of mine and he was telling me the story. So I, you know, my training, my experience, you know, I should say, my own experience and how I'm constantly looking to improve my process so I can better serve the client and remain profitable was I slowed down to speed up and I listened to him talk and went through my whole process and in short when I delivered the first design I I knew I nailed it in my gut I knew I nailed it because look I understood but when I showed it to him he was speechless and this is not a a backpat for me I don't it's not it's not that I'm awesome my my process is really really good and he looked at me and he goes he goes that's it he goes you nailed it he goes see that's it he goes see you get me is what exactly what he said to me he goes you get me the other guy he didn't get me and that's not because like I said because I'm so great my process is great and when your process is great they love you and that guy loves me and he's, he's had me do another site after that one for another business of his and he's had me I did a logo for him I ended up doing a logo and and an advertisement I did an ad for him for a magazine so you know it worked out really well and he's a good repeat client so in the terms of my my other one my current project you know we're going to hop on a phone call and we're going to make sure this is kind of controlled and slow and I want to make sure that I've got everything I need and all my questions answered so that in my gut I definitely feel without fooling myself I understand them and I know what they want you don't want to speed through the process you don't want to jump through to the end the process and and the topic I, I, I chose this the name the title of this talk for a very specific reason because it's slowed down to speed up now everybody wants to do a project that is so nicely profitable that they can move on to the next project the next exciting thing because look you're you're creative it's what we do it's what we were meant to do it's what fulfills us i get great satisfaction when i'm designing it and i and i you know i'll do 15 iterations and I finally get it and I go now it's working it works on every front and there's that level of satisfaction that I just I'm not getting it anywhere else it's just it's fantastic it's the reason I do what I do but like I said I want to make money too and you know I like to get paid what I'm worth which is more expensive than most people because I just not that I overcharge I just know that most people undercharge most creatives undercharge without a doubt 
And if they broke down their hourly rate, they'd probably end up somewhere around 30 to $60 an hour, which is really low. And even anything under 100 is still low. It should be a lot higher. Now, I don't charge an hourly rate. When I say an effective hourly rate, it means once I've given the fee, because I, I do it on value-based pricing, not hourly, and it's based on the value of the project, but when I look at how much time I committed, and uh, I'm making the rate that I want to rate, that, excuse me, I'm making the rate that I want to make, and that is part of owning a business. I command that rate. Now, it may seem high to a lot of people. It seems about right to others. It doesn't matter. I'm not looking for every client. I'm only looking for the ones that are right for me. And that that's something you should think about. If, if you're not as profitable as you think, if you think you should be charging more, I, I heard a great example. Here's how you know you're not charging enough. You ready? This is fantastic. It's, it's such a good metric for you're not charging enough. Here it is. When your client calls you, you're agitated. Mm. Your, your client sends you an email and you sigh and you're like, what do they want now? That means you're not charging enough. And think about this for a second. If you don't believe me, think about this. Think about if you've ever been in that situation. I think most of us have. I've been there. And think about if that same project that you have in mind, if you got paid a million dollars to do it, would you, <laughs> would you ever be annoyed that your client called you? No, man. Call me. Text me. You know, come have dinner with me. You know, I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you breakfast. I'll buy you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Why? Listen, like it or not, the fees that we get paid and the level of profitability influences how we look at the client because we don't want to waste time. You don't have time to waste. So when you're immensely profitable, you you get on the phone and you're like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, good to hear from you. What can I do for you? It's a very different feeling and scenario, and that's the way it should be. When any client calls you outside of the the really bad clients that are just, they're just not good people, which that's another story, but you should vet them up front. You know, it's going to happen, but by and large, that's a good metric. Are you happy when they're called? Because, you know, you're so profitable, you're, you're just excited. Now, in terms of um, pricing it, you know, that, that'll probably be another podcast about pricing. But when you slow down in the beginning, you actually speed up the process later. Because like I said, once you have it down and once you get them and you understand what they want and you have all the materials and there's nothing else they want to add. Because by the way, if they do add anything that wasn't in your scope, that means you get to issue a change order and that's understood. That should be in your agreement and should be spoken up front. That by the way, anything that falls outside of the scope is going to be subject to a change order and a separate fee. Or it could be rolled into the final balance either way. So if you have everything and you'll get to speed up later because the design will go quicker, they'll be happier quicker, you'll have nailed it faster. And so it, it speeds up in the middle and later ends of the game and you get to stay on deadline 
Okay, that's how you control scope creep by understanding and you finish on time, on deadline, and you get to move on to the next project and you have a very happy client. Now, if they do come up with something that's outside of the scope and they say, you know what, I want to add this. Hey, no problem. Questions are, uh, just so you know, th- this will be a change order because it's outside the scope and so it'll be an extra charge and they, should, they shouldn't be surprised by that because you should have said it already and it would be in your agreement anyway. And then the second question is, okay, how does this affect our deadline? Because maybe you need another week and you should talk about that. Don't be afraid to bring it up and don't assume either. Hey, you know want to know something? Every client wants it yesterday. Every client wants every change the next day or the same day. Every client wants that. Why? Because it's natural for us to want things right away. You know, I love the companies that I order from online that I get it next day and I didn't pay extra for it. You know, sometimes I get annoyed if I got to wait a whole week for my order. How crazy is that? That used to be the norm. Now it's like, really? I got to wait a week? But anyway. So every client wants it now. So I say what's on my mind and I'll go, how does this affect the deadline? Can I have more time? And if they say no, I said, they, they said, no, you know, I really need it to be the same deadline. Okay. Guess what? If it's going to be, I, st- I still need this, you know, the deadline's still in three days and this is four days worth of work in my mind. Guess what? That change order is going to be probably a little higher now because now I got to, I have to put other clients aside in order to prioritize them. And now other clients are paying me. So now I've got to be compensated appropriately. And I will say, listen, this is going to affect it. And this is around what the cost is going to be because the deadline hasn't changed. And it's actually more work than would fit into that time. But I'll make it happen for you. And get their agreement. Get them to say, okay, that's fine. I understand. Or if there's a problem with it, you'll have to negotiate that. But that's basically what it means. So you're always saying what's on your mind and making sure there's total clarity in communication and there's a mutual understanding so that there's no surprises, no awkwardness, no awkward conversations. And that's how you slow down to speed up. So I hope that made sense. I want to hear from you. I want to hear maybe some of your stories or ask me some questions about this particular topic. And if you want to hear any future topics on here, let me know what let me know what those are as well. I'd love to hear what's on your mind in terms of things you'd like to hear. I'd love to answer any questions or maybe just get some clarification on something. So hit me up across the web on Twitter and Instagram at AuthenticRobG. Uh, over on YouTube, my channel Savvy, Savvy with Rob G. You can check out some videos there. Great content coming up every week. Watch those videos. Spike the comments below. Hit the subscribe button. This has been the Authentic Rob G Podcast. I'm Rob G. Thank you for listening and have a great day.